Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. All right, you guys, quick word from our sponsor, and I am so excited to introduce you to this app. If you don't already have it, you don't already use it, I'm so excited to partner with them because today's sponsor is the Baby Led Weaning Meals app. You've probably heard me talk about this app before because this is the app that I wish I had with my son when we started Baby Led Weaning. I was so nervous and really uncertain, and this app would have fixed all of that for me. It's a free app, but if you unlock the paid version for just $1.99 for your first month, you'll get access to monthly meal plans, monthly, that go by age, tell you exactly what to serve if you want to use it that way or simply get inspired. And by the way, I planned this entire month's menu for you with some extra special seasonal faves. So definitely check that out. Plus, you will get access to their food guides that tell you exactly how to cut up or serve foods to your baby in a safe way. These are a game changer, you guys. There are pictures, there are examples, and even recipes that go along with those foods as well, especially for allergen foods or kind of those tricky foods that you just don't know how to serve baby in a safe way. Plus, you'll get access to an archive of 350 recipes, well, actually and counting, of baby-led weaning-friendly recipes that you can search and filter by things like include veggies or it takes less than 15 minutes to make. You can even search by vegetarian recipes and so much more. It is truly a game changer right there at your fingertips. And of course, a starting solids guide to help you get all the basic so you start to feel more confident. Having this app at your fingertips will truly bring you so much confidence knowing that you're serving a variety of foods in a safe way to your baby. Click the link below to grab this app for just $1.99 for your first month. All right, now back to the show. Can we stop if we have to? <laughs> I want to put that at the end. <laughs> I hope you guys caught that. Uh, today I have a very special episode for you guys. I have my husband, Josh, here. Say hello. 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 Um, And we're going to do a little, I don't know, fun chat about what it's like to be married to a dietitian who's a picky eating specialist and also just kind of maybe put, hopefully put your mind at ease at what it's like to have these conversations with your partner. I know that it is one of the top questions that I get is how do I get my partner on board? What do I do? They do it completely differently than I do at the table. What do I do? And I... I'm assuming, and maybe I'm wrong in this, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming a lot of you may be listening to the podcast or following around on Instagram, and you may think that we have it figured out. (laughs) (laughs) You may think that we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. You may think that my husband, like, listens to my podcast. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to chat a little bit about what that looks like today, what our real life around the table looks like, because as I say all the time is Instagram and table talk and here on the podcast, I'm in teaching mode. I'm teaching you the most ideal way to feed your child to raise a healthy, happy, independent eater long term. And really, this is what the research has to say, what my practice has to say, what the best practices are, of course, give or take your own unique child. But in the real life, in the day to day, you know, I say this all the time, it's 80-20. And so we're going to break down what that looks like a little bit. Josh, will you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um, Yeah, I'm Josh. Uh, I'm a software engineer. I work from home. And uh, yeah, we have two kids that... You know, sometimes eat, sometimes don't. And if you're, that's a good point. And if you're wondering who's behind the kids, no kids on the internet rule, it's you. Yes, very much so. Very much so. So you heard it here, folks. You heard it here first, folks. Sorry, it's, it's, it comes from the software engineering background. 
it terrifies him to have pictures of our children on the internet. Yeah. So that was our compromise for me to be able to run a business online and be on Instagram as publicly as I am. He said, that's cool, but uh, no pictures of our kids, please. <laughs> I can do side shots and from the top. Yeah. But uh, no, okay. no direct on the face <laughs> situation or their names. Yeah, that's also probably good. Yeah. Probably good. That's a rule you insisted on. Correct. Yeah. Anyways, all right, back to pick eating. So what would you rate your knowledge level of pick eating from a 1 to a 10? 10 being like I know the most information possible. I feel so confident handling tantrums and food rejection and pickiness at the table from and then like a 1 is like I have no idea what I'm doing. Why why do I have children? <laughs> Um, I would probably say I'm a three. Wow. Wow. All right. Three. What would you rank me? I think you do pretty well. Oh, okay. I think you pick up a lot more than you would think. Well, yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, I don't feel like I really, if you asked me specifics, (laughs) I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. This is just how I see you do it. And then I just do it similarly. (laughs) Yeah. I think you'd be amazed at how much you do know and you do do correctly do do (laughs) so but okay three so just to be really clear we have done zero prep for this episode probably (laughs) against josh's Uh, wishes maybe yeah i podcast every week multiple times a week i have no problem just like hitting the record button and he's all like wait 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 i don't know anything (laughs) are you sure you want to do this yeah i do because i want people to know that A, it's okay if you're the only one working on this in your home. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's okay. And B, I don't know. I just think we all have this sense, especially when we're on Instagram or, you know, at home during COVID, just like isolated from other people even, that everyone else has this figured out and we're the only ones that don't. And I think it's also important to just remember that you you impact so much just by modeling the behavior, not only to your kids, but also to your partner. Would you say? Yeah, for sure. I feel like, um, what, and I feel like it's in the small interactions, right? So, like, you know, I, I, re- I can remember early on, like, I made like lunch for the kids, and I made this huge lunch, and I put it like all on their plates, and n- instead of like criticizing me, like in the moment type of thing, you kind of came up afterwards and like, hey, like, just so you know, like, if you put a little less, it's a little less overwhelming if you put less on their plate, and so. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, ever since then, I do smaller portions, and I've noticed a change, right, like in in terms of, like, how the kids eat. So, you know, just the little subtle things that I kind of, um, you know, pick up on or uh, even even not even, like, when you explicitly say things, but just, like, you know, you sometimes can be very clever with, like, hey, like, the kids aren't eating this. You'll pull out, like, some weird utensil that I didn't even know we owned uh, and hand it to them and all of a sudden it becomes a little bit of a game at the table so yeah this is amazing I don't even remember that time that I told you that you put like too much on the plate it was a it was a while ago and we had a we had our neighbor friend over and um, I just remember you mentioning it because kind of all the kids didn't really eat very well and I was kind of like man I made all this like I think I made like a bunch of quesadillas I'm like man I just made it nobody ate it you know and and so uh, yeah, that was that time. So, okay, so you learned a little bit in that moment. I came, okay, so let's point out to the important factors. I don't always do this perfectly. It sounds like you're remembering a really good case for me, but so I did it away from the kids. Yeah. After the mm-hmm. meal. Yeah. Not when you're like putting it in front of them or when they're not eating it, throwing a fit. I'm not like, well, you put too much yeah. on the plate, right? <laughs> Which, again, I don't do this perfectly, so I appreciate you bringing up this example. But um, so I think that's a really good tip and takeaway, and probably you can attest to if I did want to correct or help that going away from the table, not during the meal, is really helpful to bring that up. Yeah, I think it made it. Uh, I think I, if that were not the case i'd be more combative to it (laughs) and maybe that's just my personality i don't know but (laughs) oh yeah you're definitely alone in that (laughs) (laughs) i just feel like it's easier to i don't know fix a mistake without an audience i guess so yeah yeah. especially kids and i talk about this all the time one of the hardest parts of my job like i mean i know i don't have like a lot of complaints about what i do but one of it is i don't love talking about pickiness in front of our kids Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I get on my stories and they're like in the background playing, but I don't want them overhearing 
me talking about pickiness or some of the techniques I'm using. Like our son is smart, like he's six, he's catching on for sure. Even when they can't quite catch on like noticeably, they still are, Yeah. you know? And so um, that's a big deal. So I always say away from the table, not in front of them, you know, not to label them, use names, use words that they're going to attach to and attach some of their identity or worth to, even if it's inadvertent. So I think that's really important. I also think, and I don't know if I did this in this example well or not, but another tip when you're talking to your partner is to not necessarily make it like this is the right only way to do it. Because I think, first of all, you kind of said this, but it's nice to say something along the lines of, hey, I've noticed they eat more or they yeah. stay at the table longer or they, you know, try new foods when I X, Y, Z, I've tried it. You want to try it and see if it works for you. Let me know what you think. Like you kind of like bring them in on it. Yeah. It kind of feels collaborative. Yes. <laughs> totally. Um, and, and it just makes it that much easier to go uh, to try it out and go along with. Cause obviously like, obviously I want to have a good experience at the table and yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Like, I don't think, um, I don't even think the kids really understand picky eating because we don't sit there and say like, oh, you're being too picky. Like, I've never heard you say that. I think that I have gone down that path a few times in the past and you're kind of like quick to be like, like, let's not talk. Let's not talk about that, you know, because once you say like, oh, you don't like broccoli, like it kind of sticks in their head as opposed to being like, oh, well, you just maybe aren't interested in trying it right now type of thing. You know, there's different language that you can use. Um, so yeah, you're way more than a three. This is impressive. This is <laughs> well, more than I thought you would know. You know, I, no offense. No, that was kind of <laughs> rude, but I think you get my point. Here's the thing in our home. We both work from home. I homeschool. We that homeschool. Yeah. Cause I am around. I see you're around all the time. All, yeah. I, I do see everything. So, <laughs> and a lot of time you come eat lunch with us, yeah. um, or snack, or you're in the room next door or something while we're having our lunch. So you pick up a lot just because you are physically here. Right. So just to put that out there. Um, but he truly does not, he hasn't taken table talk. He has to listen to the podcast, like maybe an episode here or there that I tell you, I think is funny or, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But he, I mean, it's not to say he's not a fan of my work okay i'm a huge fan it's fine i'm fine everyone's fine <laughs> i'm a huge fan go well, i'm telling our therapist okay <laughs> it's happening no and uh, honestly you know he he has subscribed to my email list yes that but you don't I do. open the email you don't know that i How bet you, you know don't. i you could know. check right now no i listen all i'm trying to say is it is enough for you to model the behavior in your home yeah it does rub off it does take I, want, I don't want to say care of itself, but it will impact how things are handled in the home and the consistency is what matters. So I'm with the kids more often during meals than you are, I would say, like snacks and meals and everything put together, although you're pretty close, I, mean, yeah. I would say, honestly, but that's, of course, just our circumstance and situation. So what we do most consistently is most important. So, okay, I want to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. How do you feel, how does it make you feel when you see our kids like not touch anything on their plate, like not eat anything when that happens? I personally, <laughs> you got go for it. I don't. don't hold it back. doesn't. It doesn't bother me at all. I just feel like interesting. Well, this is your fault then when you're hungry later. <laughs> like this is on you, and you were gonna figure out very quickly that like this is your chance to eat. Like, and this is what you have to eat. So, and I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge. Uh, snack fan i don't know okay let's maybe let's move into that so that's interesting you said that because i thought it kind of worried you you like brought it up about our daughter the other day she was like oh she's not well, very much yeah i mean I, I do okay yes i do worry about it in a sense you like them. yeah them i'm just eat. like yeah i want them to eat i want them to eat healthy things and eat their food in general like like the main course because sometimes they just eat like the fruit and nothing else and yeah i'm just kind of like sometimes. hey like yeah and i i feel like i'm more bringing it up as like hey, what should we do <laughs> yeah. um, type of thing? Because I've noticed like for the past, I don't know, couple dinners, like she hasn't eaten real well. So, you know, mm-hmm. what's the solution there or, or what can we do? Do you remember what I said? This is no, like a quiz. Pop I quiz. Don't, don't Pop quiz time. Um, so just for everyone who's listening out there, and I have plenty of like story times of when this happens. I think I have a podcast episode. We go deep in it on t- in Table Talk about what to do with meal rejection, consistent meal rejection, how much they actually need, how to make sure they're getting what they need, all the things. But I told you, well, I think she just came out of a growth spurt. I think things yeah. have, have 
uh, slowed down for her. She did just have a random night where she was throwing up. So there's a little bit of recovery there. Sickness always brings with it decreased appetite. There's just been a lot going on. And so I kind of brought your attention to that. And you immediately, just like you did now, like started to shake your head like, oh, yeah, good reminder. You know, you can just Mm -hmm. see things from a different perspective. So I think that's that's helpful. Now, there's more going on there. but, But and I think about it from my perspective, like if I was just sick, I'm not eating a ton or. Yeah. I mean, like if I'm going through a growth spurt and now I'm done, you know, I'm not going to eat that much. Yeah. That's a good thing to think (laughs) through it. It's like putting yourself in their shoes. Why are they eating what they're eating? And sometimes we don't always know, but that's really helpful. Um, So there was like a little bit of worry there. Do you ever get that gut instinct to like count their bites, finish your Mm, plate, clean your plate? Well, okay. Never count the bites thing. I've never, I don't know. I've just never thought of that at all. I guess like there is a weird part of me that is like, I feel like I need to finish my meal (laughs) Um, (laughs) at times. Um, For you. For me. But I don't think, I don't feel like I put that on the kids ever. All right. That's it. You're coming on the Mama Well podcast. That's (laughs) that's what's going on. But you, okay. So let's talk a little bit about how we differ at the table. There are things I know we do differently and I, I don't know that there's any changing it. Yeah. I mean, you're very open to change and growth. And if you understood like some of the science behind it, you maybe you would, but for example, you guys know that when I serve a food on their plate, if they want more of it, I generally try to give them more relatively quickly. Yeah. I mean, I, I make them wait a little bit. It's okay. It gives them time to like look what's on their plate. You oftentimes will say, finish what you have on your plate first and then I'll get you more. Or why don't you eat a little bit of your chicken and then I'll get you some more cantaloupe or whatever in a minute. Yes, I do. I do that. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. So here's the thing is like, there's like the research and the science and what has helped for other kids. And then there's our kids mm-hmm. and they're very unique and they're different. Just like your guys's kids are very unique and very different. And every kid has a different threshold for what I call pressure. Right. So I think we have built up a really solid foundation with our son specifically that that doesn't feel like pressure to him. Do you think I like, how yeah. do you see him perceive that? I don't think so. Cause I'm not saying no. I'm just saying like, Hey, you need to wait a second. Hey, while you wait, why don't you eat the, yeah. Why don't you eat the chicken and, yeah. and while you wait, you know? And, and it's not, I'm not saying no. So I don't feel like it's like, oh, I'm not getting what I want type of thing or, or yeah, now I have this pressure to eat this chicken. It's just more of like, um, you know, just, you need to be patient. Yeah. I and I, and I handle things a little bit differently. So instead of saying you have to do these things or you should do these things or, or look at these things while I go get you, I just say, yeah, give me a minute. And I kind of like let it lie at that. And I think that's fine too. So that would be like my ideal recommendation is to say, yes, make them wait a few minutes to give them that space, not necessarily tell them what to do in the meantime. But I've noticed with our son, he, a lot of times he'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot I had that. Or he'll like look around and if he doesn't want it, he'll say, no, I don't really want that. I don't really like that. Yeah. Like he's pretty vocal. And this is like what it takes to build that trust over the years. And I think something that I've said, especially to my table talkers and inside like the membership where we have live calls every month is this idea that when your child is out of this like dire pickiness phase that I know you might be going through right now. And we were there once too, is you can be a little bit looser with the rules. Like you can play it a little fast and loose sometimes. Like maybe I'm a little bit more flexible with meals and snacks. And maybe like I was talking about on stories the other day that in the morning, our morning routine is you make them dinner or you make them breakfast. Then I come down um, while the kids come up and cuddle me. (laughs) And then I come down and make my breakfast. And it's been a really nice um, kind of system. You usually leave their breakfast on the table. So it's on the table, even though they're done and they move on, it's on the table for another like 20 minutes-ish until I'm done eating. And sometimes when I sit down and eat, the kids come back to their plate. That is not something that I would recommend for a child who's going through a picky phase. There's an eating window, they come and eat. When they're done, they've filled out the be- their belly, take the food away from the table. That's not like out of punishment, that's just to teach them that rhythm, that cycle, that kind of um, routine. With our kids, because they're not in a pinky phase, of course, this is not ideal. This is where that 80-20 comes into play. They'll come back and kind of eat a little bit and they know that that food's available. 
So I call this more of like an eating window. And then they know once I'm done eating, all that food will be taken up. And I give them a quick reminder if they were kind of coming back to it. Anyways, again, not ideal. (laughs) Things are going in our home, but this has really been what works for us. And that's why I always encourage you and really um, empower you guys to learn the material, especially through Table Talk, really in depth, and then figure out what works for you and leave the rest and figure out, hey, if they are in a pickier phase, how can I tease out what's causing it or what can I start to you know, correct or tighten up so that they can get out of this picky phase and we can become a little bit more flexible. And then I always encourage my members, if we're going through another pickier phase, like there's some sort of opportunity that causes pickiness, like I talk about those picky opportunities, maybe things need to tighten up a little bit. So anyways, all that to say, can you think of anything else that we're different in? Because I can. Uh, <laughs> was another I mean, pop quiz. Yeah, I, I probably don't pay enough attention to that specifically okay, to know snacks. what they are. If I say the oh, word yeah, snacks, yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah. There we go. We got it. We got it, guys. Yeah. I mean, I just generally, like, I'm, I'm like, one and done. Like, here's, like, a very small little snack. Here's You're an applesauce. Go. Goodbye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm not, like, I just feel like I shouldn't have to serve a smorgasbord of foods and snacks to the kids. And I'm just, like, no, you got, like, an applesauce. You're good. Now you need to wait till you <laughs> have lunch. Yeah. So that's probably wrong, but... uh, (laughs) Probably wrong. I told you, you're more than a three. You have awareness, at least. (laughs) No, okay. Yeah, how do you feel like that works? Like, when you give our son an applesauce, and then he turns around, he's like, hey, I'm still hungry. What happens? Yeah, it's... it's, (laughs) I forget there's, like, a saying of, like, you want to always be saying... You want to frame all your questions to your kids in a yes positive way oh find the yes <laughs> yeah find the yes and i feel like in that situation you're talking like, about i say that no no no. i feel like it's a common oh just universal kid yeah, yeah yeah you know how to raise kid type thing oh your mom your mom was very into like never say no sure okay that's a long maybe. pause i don't know i swear <laughs> we've talked okay maybe she's talking more about it to me it's i like, sure don't remember that okay but what I don't she know. talks about and i think this was very big when we were kids is like creating the environment to be a yes environment like you don't so instead of having to say no 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 don't put those marbles in your mouth you don't put the marbles on the floor yeah like it wasn't like you never say no like your kid never should hear you say no although a lot of people took it that extreme but anyways yeah your mom and i have talked about that parenting style before yeah is that what you're trying to say yeah yeah essentially like that concept and i feel like i often do this not just with like food but oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. i box myself into corners all the time where i'm like (laughs) dang it i can't I said yeah. no, but I don't know why I said right, no. Right, yes. And now I can't backtrack my no without looking yes. like an idiot. Right. And so how do I get out of this? Yeah. And then how do I usually help you through that? Do you know? Well, really you, know. I th- I think I know. I, okay. You usually right. say like, well, if you're having a snack and you're still hungry, you're like, what do you do? Right, right, right. But how do I like parenting lies? Because it's like sometimes in front of our kids. Sometimes, okay, I'm trying to lead you there, but I'm just going to give you the answers, okay? Here's the answers to the quiz. A lot of times I will help you out by giving you some sort of reason to change your mind. Sure. Yeah, 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 that's true. So, so, I mean, I don't know. It could be something so simple. Kids just need a reason to know that you're still in in charge. Yeah. You're still, you know, the, um, the provider, you know, you're still the protector of the boundary and you're still the enforcer of the boundary, even if, like... Here's the thing is you don't want to start to waver because, oh, I'm still hungry. I want a snack. And that's the reason why you change your mind because they're throwing a fit. You want to be able to change your mind for some sort of reason. It's not always perfect. (laughs) It's not always great. But here's the goal is always when you build a snack. You guys know this. My listeners know this. It should be a balanced meal, almost like a mini meal, essentially. And a lot of times you, to be fair, are working or in the middle of doing something like you're busy and you're like, I just want to throw some goldfish at you <laughs> you're yeah. not in a bowl towards <laughs> your direction generally um, and call it a day, which I totally understand and have been there too, where I'm just like, just take the dang goldfish. But then they eat like the whole bag. Yes. <laughs> and that's yes. why you want to like balance it out or whatever. So I think you know it. But you well, always think you can like get away with it. I you're do. like, I just let me just <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, no, no, this time it's gonna be different. This time for <laughs> yes, sure. But yes. no, you're right. It is usually especially like snack time, it's like I'm doing something else and so I'm like, Okay, like I need to just get you something yeah. so that way I can get back to the thing I'm actually trying to get done today, you know, or whatever. So yeah. um yeah, that is a good point that it's probably 
better to and it always ends up i think making the problem worse and harder <laughs> take because longer, yeah, yeah i think i always just have this optimistic view of like oh no this time it's gonna be it's gonna work out well and it never <laughs> totally. does so yeah, yeah. Okay, what's something that I do around the table or dinner or meals or whatever that drives you crazy? Yeah, I think the one thing is probably the fact that, and again, this like goes back to like our differences, but like the fact that you um, like acquiesce to their requests so quickly, because <laughs> then I feel like they're expecting that from me. Yeah, and I don't. I generally do not feel like that's what I want to do or should do you know i don't feel like i'm there to like just serve you like all your food constantly like no it's like here's your food here's my food and you know i'll get your stuff in a second you know and you can wait patiently and that's okay in my opinion yeah so no for sure i think you're right i have definitely talked about this before of like feeling like a pinball machine yeah. of like up and down from the table it's not ideal it's not good for your your kids to witness either yeah and that's the other thing is like i feel bad for you like i want you to be able yeah. to enjoy your food as well yeah, <laughs> you know so and obviously like we do like help each other out like right like i help i can get this one and you get the other one or type of thing but it still is just like i feel like you know if the kids have already finished something they have something, you know, in their bellies already, so they can be patient while we have some of our food too, you know. Definitely something I can work on. Yeah. Practice what I preach, as they say. Because I <laughs> I would say that I, I talk a lot about, like, bringing all the things to the table or having it close by. And also really, truly showing them a few things here. One, you're absolutely right. They have something in their belly, likely, that they're asking for more of something. They have something in their belly, so they're not starving. They're going to be okay. And we have a two-year-old, and so she can really throw some quick fits. And you know the second that she throws that fit she's losing interest in the food like mealtime's over like it's yeah. really hard to get her back interested in the food so true. sometimes when she's like finished her peas and wants more peas it feels like this internal struggle of like well i want to grow her patience and learn but also i don't want her to stop eating the peas <laughs> you know yeah. so I, I totally get that it's a balancing act it's a balancing act and they truly need to see this is the other thing too that i'm really passionate about they need to see that mom and dad their needs come as not not even first as well at the same time like they yeah. also need to eat and nourish themselves and that's important because why am i a pinball at the dinner table probably because my mom was probably because her mom was you know and it's <laughs> yeah. this everlasting like cycle of saying hey no 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 like you we all have food and all of our needs matter and all of them matter right now <laughs> it's okay for me to finish you know especially with my son i do a better job of telling my son my son i'm not used <laughs> to you being here our son um of telling him you know mommy really likes to eat her xyz while it's hot i'm gonna finish this up and then absolutely i'll get you more pineapple or whatever it is that is true and i feel like every, i mean every person does better with a reason like the why yeah. behind you know instead of you, you you know just looking at it like why won't you give me this you know it's like well here's why like I also am enjoying this food and you know, you can be patient too. Right? Yeah. So yeah. And two year olds, two year olds are hard. They don't understand the why, you know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and so just for the tips out there for you guys, like if you have a two year old or one year old or even a three year old, like they can definitely start waiting a longer time at three, but every kid's different. It starts small. Like we're talking, make them wait like 30 seconds to a minute at first. Yeah. And then it's not, it. yeah, it's definitely not like I'm like, you're going to wait here until I finish my plate and then I'll get you yours. It's more like, all right, I'm going to eat like this bite that I'm halfway eating, you know, already. And then, you know, I'll go get it type of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I know you don't have a ton to compare it to, but what do you think is the biggest benefit of working on picky eating? Like what, what do you see as kind of this, like the fruit that we're bearing by like raising these healthy, happy, independent eaters who can, navigate this kind of stuff and we can navigate it with them what is that what do you think that looks like yeah i mean i think that our kids are very self-aware i feel like of like their hunger levels i feel like they're able to verbalize that to us you know so i you know i think our son does a really good job of saying like yep i'm full or nope i'm ready for thirds you know um and uh i think he does a really good job of that and it just kind of I feel like that's been like a buildup of all the things over the past however many years. Um, and I, I feel like it's not like big things, I guess it's like the really it's, it comes in the little things where like, I, I'm not even going to think of something, but I, 
I know that there are specifics of like, oh, like if if we hadn't kind of like taught this behavior over X amount of time, you know, the our kids would be having a fit with this, you know. But mm-hmm. instead, like they're able to be patient or they're able to. Um, you know, tell us what they're wanting or feeling or whatever around the food on the table. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know if I can come up with a good specific. No, I think that's great. I think, you know, we can kind of talk through it because I see a lot of things too, because especially in my line of work, I see a lot of picky eaters and all of that. And just knowing that, you know, we can be pretty confident going to a new place, a new restaurant, a new, you know, a birthday party and knowing yeah. that the food that gets put in front of them, our kids will likely eat at yes. least something. I think they're also pretty adventurous typically like they'll they'll eat a wide variety of foods they'll try new things they're pretty respectful like they're not very like yeah that's gross blah 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 like over and over again well yeah that's a great point right like they're still kids but no yeah but that's a good one where any time that like you know our kids say like i don't want like whatever and and they whine about the food you do a great job of like saying like well you just don't like it right now you you kind of correct the behavior and kind of give them almost the language to use the next time that they feel that way that's like more respectful more polite and so i've seen like our son actually use that language because you've kind of said it like here's the better way to say this Mm -hmm. you know um that's like one of the little things right yeah and okay it's hard because right we don't we don't know. Our son went through a picky phase. You guys know probably the story. This is when I started to get really passionate about it and pulled him out of it, really reversed it. And I believe reversed course on what could have been a really long, lonely, difficult, strenuous path of picky eating. And it's, you know, if you're out there listening right now, it's exhausting to have a picky eater. It's exhausting to come up with meal plans, to wonder if they're going to eat it or not, to, you know, buy food just for them not to eat it, to watch them and get excited about it in the grocery store and then come home and they're not willing to touch it. It's exhausting. It's defeating. It's debilitating. It can cause a stretch, stress on your relationship with your partner, with your child, with their siblings, all the things. So I just want you to know that we see you and, and we have been there. However, there are tools and tactics that you can take to maybe not necessarily cure it 100%, oh, it's never going to be picky again. We don't have that experience either. But to have a really confident approach and have a way that your child um, can navigate that and really start to be more adventurous with foods and eat what's needed and and feel their fullness and feel their hunger and go through that. Um, Let's talk really quickly about our experience with our children around desserts. What What do you see in our kids around sweets? Be like totally honest. Do you, do you think they're like obsessed with them? Like what? Because a lot of parents will, especially picky eaters will say, oh, they'll only ever eat like sweets. They only want sugar. Anytime I bring out a cookie, because a lot of my recommendations, like put the cookie on the plate, you know, yeah. put it a part of their meal instead of afterwards or used as a bribe. What do you see with our kids with desserts? Yeah, I think that they definitely are not like they're excited like any kid about like, hey, a piece of chocolate or cake. Like mm-hmm. they're definitely excited, but I don't feel... Um, I don't, I don't feel like it's a meltdown, especially with our Like meltdown if they can't have it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, or or if they just ask for it and you're just like, no, we're not, not, that's not on the menu, right? Like, I don't feel like... You're way more than a three. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's like exactly my wording. It's not on the menu right now. Anyways, okay, keep going. You say that I'm putting you at like a six. (laughs) Yeah, no, but, but yeah, I just think like... They do, they do a good job. Obviously, the two-year-old is a little bit more meltdown-prone, but, um, but I do feel like, in general, our kids are not, uh, like, I don't know. They, I don't feel like they go crazy for desserts or treats like that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, what's really incredible for me to witness is not only are they not like super obsessed with sweets, they do enjoy them. They enjoy making them with me. They enjoy being a part of it. They enjoy them on their plate. They eat them. You know, we don't have the kids that are like, ew, a cookie. I don't want that. (laughs) Like, they'll eat it. They like it. I only eat kale. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing that I think has been really incredible to watch throughout this journey, it's a journey, it's not overnight, is our children will ask us to save things for later. Yeah, exactly. That's like a huge win. Um, I feel like quite often our kids will come to us with like half a cookie and they're just like, yeah, I'm full. So, 
you know, will you save this for me for later? And, you know, we just put it in a little baggie and oftentimes they never remember it. Yep. And honestly, it's just like, oh, this thing has been sitting out for a day and a half. It's mm-hmm. probably no good anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like that has been a, a great, I don't know, tactic, I guess. But like, yeah, I, I don't feel like there's pressure like, oh, this is the only cookie I'm ever going to have. I have to finish it right now. You know, I, I don't feel like our kids have that pressure of like, you know, this is my only chance to have a sweet. Um, I feel like it's very much like, yeah, I can have it or I don't have to. It's kind of up to me, you know? Yeah. So. I mean, the number of milkshakes we've put in our freezer yeah. <laughs> going out for milkshakes. Yeah. Um, just like half a milkshake or whatever. And not to say they never, you know, finish their desserts or, you know, I was really... Um, I shared a while back about how my son asked for a second piece of cake at a birthday party one time and he hadn't like eaten any of the food. Anyways, it's back on my Instagram feed if you want to go check it out. But, you know, it was just really, um, it was amazing to watch how like shame free he was to asking for a second slice of cake. Like there was no shame wrapped up in it. There was no guilt. There was no, please, can I, can I please have this? I'll be really good tomorrow. There was no conversation around that was just, I would like another slice of cake. And then he got one. And I waited till everyone at the party had one, right? So we're we're teaching respect and <laughs> honoring the guests and everyone else. But he got a second piece. There was enough. And he took like two bites of it. Then he wanted to go play with his friends in the trampoline park. And then we brought it home to save it for later. And he never came back for it. Now, this didn't happen by accident. This is intentional, has been intentional, especially with us since I would say he was about two. And really, it does take time. And there are moments where they only eat the cookie and ask for more or only eat the M&Ms and ask for more. And it feels scary. I mean, I don't know if that's the right word, but it does kind of feel scary. Like, is this normal? Is this okay? Should I allow this? Should I say yes? Should I say no? You know, all those thoughts go through your head. What if they only eat the cookie forever? Well, it goes against like all your instincts. Yes, right. Totally. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, at the end of the day, you're still in charge of how often those M&Ms or cookies get offered. Like you said earlier, I, I frequently say it's not on the menu. But here's the other thing too, is that I frequently surprise them with it. Like not in a big way, like, oh, surprise, it's a cookie. But just like, they don't have to ask for it sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I just put it on their plate because I wanted to serve it. I also frequently went, well, I shouldn't say frequently. I wouldn't even say most of the time. <laughs> sometimes when they do save something for later, I'm the one that reminds them that it's there. And that builds so much trust, you guys, so much trust for them to be able to say, hey, will you save this for later for me? And then they have this like experience from before that, oh, she's not going to let me forget about it or she's not going to throw it away behind my back when I go to sleep tonight. There's trust built there. And now we're to a point where we do throw it away when they don't come looking for it after a few days. But, you know, we really often will... I want to say often, it's probably not even correct, but I would say even like two out of five times, we'll bring it back to them, or at least I will, um, as part of like a meal or snack and kind of just build that trust, you know? Yeah. For me, it's just, I just completely forget about it yeah, more than too. anything. So yeah. Right. But yeah, no, I, I do feel like our uh, kids have like a high level of trust in that. And they, they're, I never feel like they're like, Oh no, like this is my only chance. Like I I'd never have felt like they feel that way or anxious about it, you know? Yeah. So And I okay, so I kinda wanna bring this around because all of a sudden I just got this like pit in my stomach that feels like we're like bragging or something. We're so good. <laughs> oh, we're so great. We've made so many mistakes, you guys. And just a quick reminder too yes. that this is my specialty. This is my area of expertise. You have yours too. You have your own gifts. You have the own like your own ways that you mom in a really um, like helpful way in raising your kids. So just a quick reminder, like this is a podcast about the thing that I'm good at. You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Does that come off like bratty? I don't no, know. and all these things took time so for time. me, especially to An education. Kind of learn. Yeah. And it was not like overnight, right? Like it wasn't overnight that I was like, um, you know, able to realize like smaller portions and Hey, this is, this is not on the menu. Like those little phrases and all those little things like have come over years of mm-hmm. practice and, um, learning and kind of mirroring what you do. 
um, and seeing that it's like, oh, that works. Like, I'm going to try that next time. Uh, so, and it's yeah. A, it's a journey. I think, yes. like, it, it wasn't like, oh, he put too much on the plate. And so then I corrected what he put on the plate and how much he put on the plate and when he was feeding them. And I didn't correct everything at once. And we've had good conversations, too, about what we value. This is something that you have to decide for you and your family, too. Is this a value for you for your child to no longer be picky? Is this Would this make your life easier? Are there parts of your life that have had to be put on hold because you have a picky child? Is this causing you excessive stress and anxiety and worry? If so, let's like square up and look it right in the face and dig into the research and get the help we need, whether that's through table talk or not, truly get the help you need. Because I remember the downward spiral that picky eating was causing in our life. It made me worried. It made me stressed. It made me really anxious. It made me tense at the table, which then poured onto our kids and onto each other or our kid at the time. And, you know, it really caused some strife in our relationship, but also with my son as well. And I could see into the future, you guys, I swear, of just how hard this could get and if it kept going. And I knew something had to change. And that's why I dove into the research and I became an expert and really specialized in this because I needed it. And so I did the work, we put in the time and none of this is by accident. Truly, I I don't believe any of this is by accident that our kids eat vegetables and salad and, you know, new foods and uh, foods that they love and that they are able to tell if they're hungry or full and ask us to save desserts for later and not just desserts anyways, just all food too. And um, it really does take work and time. And Every meal doesn't have to be perfect. And that brings us back kind of to where we started of it's an 80-20 a rule around here, especially around the table, but everywhere else in parenting too. I know I'm getting it wrong at least 20% of the time or not following through on what I think is the ideal practices or what I've learned and researched and in practice. And at the same time, our kids are still thriving and able to reverse course on picky eating and prevent it, hopefully, in our daughter. Of course, there's going to be picky moments. It all depends on how you define this word picky. But it's. I guess I just want this to be an encouragement to you that it is possible and there is a way that you guys can do this too. And especially if you're struggling with your partner getting on board, just knowing that you forging ahead is enough and having these conversations with them, maybe even sending them this podcast and knowing that you're not always going to be on the same page, a hundred percent united front, like it would be necessarily in our like most ideal brains. <laughs> like, well, wouldn't it be nice if we said the exact same thing at the exact same you know time in the exact same situations? Sure. Does that happen anywhere? No. <laughs> so really just knowing that it is, um, it is evolving and it doesn't have to be perfect today. We can just take one step closer to where we want to be. So, okay, as a partner of someone who cares about this immensely, what do you think, are there any tips that you could give to anyone who's listening right now saying, oh, no, no, my, my partner doesn't understand. They're not on board with it. They're against it. They want to like count their bites and tell them to finish their plate. And, you know, they're stark opposite. They're not just like on different pages. They're in like a totally different book, maybe even like totally different medium. Like, What would you recommend? Do you have any like tips for them to get this conversation started? Yeah. Um, I mean, well, so the only thing that I can point to is like the results that I've seen. I was like the first time, like that our kids kind of did some of those behaviors that I was like, Whoa, like that's awesome that, you know, you're not trying to like scarf down this cookie, you know, type of stuff. Um, I, I just feel like the results for me, like proved out the theory behind it. Right. So it was like, Oh, like that actually works, you know, in practice. Right. Um, not just in theory. Um, and then I think for, for me, like it wasn't, you know, it's obviously like not my focus, right? So it's, it's definitely more something that you're focused on and, and that you're passionate about. And so I think trying to get your partner in that same, like, uh, to be that same level of passion is probably unrealistic, right? Like instead, I think it's better to, to kind of guide and, and give like solid guide rails around, Hey, you know, like I, I noticed like this didn't go so well. What if we just tried this, you know, or, or even just having, you know, uh, even just talking to your partner about like how to critically think around the problem. Right. Because, uh, I often feel like sometimes it just needs some thinking. Right. And, and we don't often even really think through it. We just 
try to blow past that moment and get through it, right? It's like survival mode. <laughs> and um, instead, sometimes when you reflect a little bit and just kind of talk about, I don't know, how could we have done that a little better? Like, I feel like that opens up a lot of doors to where, you know, your partner is probably more open to listening and then understanding that too. Yeah. Oh, beautifully put. I think that is all so incredible. Such good advice. And I, I think kind of to circle back to where you started of like, Hey, you kind of paint that vision of what kind of eater you want at the table and what kind of eater you want to raise. Like, Hey, once they move out of our house, we want them to be able to meal plan and grocery shop and, you know, cook balanced meals and eat balanced meals and eat healthfully and listen to their body, right? That's the goal. And so starting there, uh, Stephen Covey says, begin with the end in mind. Have you heard mm. that quote? It's like mm. one of my favorite quotes. It pretty much sums up my life. You probably know I spend more time thinking about the future than I do in the moment. <laughs> and so really beginning with the end in mind of saying, okay, what kind of eater do we want to raise? And also what kind of eater do we want to raise for like next week, next month, me- next year? Do we really want to be having the same fight over broccoli every night for a year or like a few times a week every right. night for a year? Not worth it. No. Not worth it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it might come with some growing pains. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. When you first start doing this like no pressure technique or no, no pressure approach um you know the framework i teach inside table talk this takes time and sometimes that comes with decreased you know intake and sometimes that comes with bigger meltdowns at the table at first and sometimes that comes with some growing pains that might be really uncomfortable for you and your partner to watch and it might be even harder if you're trying to convince them this is the right way to go and they're just looking at going what are you talking about they're not even eating what are you talking about all they're eating is m&ms you know that might be part of it but prefacing that and telling them hey I think this might work long-term, but can you give it a month? Can you give it three months? Can right. you give it a year? If you could get them on board with a year, yeah. I'm on board for a year. But <laughs> Right, and, and I really do. Like I said, like I feel like I can very noticeably – like if you go to like kids' birthday parties – like I see the difference between like our kids and other kids just around just having healthy habits around how they eat and, you know, how they approach food. Um, everything has – has gotten just so much more smooth over the years. So I think like the, the results, if you can stick with it really do work. Um, which I should say, like I'm way more of a person that's like kind of grown up with like, you finish your plate, like you have to finish your plate type of thing. And so, um, you're a skeptic. You were a skeptic. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, there's still a part of me that's just like, has like, Oh, you're not finishing that. Like, thing that I put on your plate like that was like you know I don't know it's hard you feel you feel emotionally <laughs> torn for the food you cooked you're like yes I cooked that I did a you. lot of work for that so <laughs> I see I see yes so you're not necessarily as worried I mean you care you love our kids of course you're worried about them but you're not sitting there going you need vitamin b12 you need iron you're more like I put work into this food and you're just not gonna touch it <laughs> yeah I feel like that's hard which is for, totally fine for, for sure that, yeah. it's emotional it's really emotional we get tied up into it and it feels like a personal attack I always joke that like when your kids are calling your food yucky or whatever just like act like you're in the matrix, like avoid the things that they're trying to shoot at you. You're like, no, 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 that's not going to hurt me today. You can't take me down with that. Um, but yeah, and just, just a reminder here, every kid is different. We ha- all have different values and priorities in our life. And, you know, you brought up like the birthday party thing. It's so funny because I-, I agree that there's like things that I look at and I'm like, oh, I'm really proud of them for doing that. And at the same time, I know through the lens of our culture Sometimes those things are not actually valued. Like our son asking for a second piece of cake. Like Mm. some parents would be standing in that room mortified that their kid's asking for more sugar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, our values are for a child to listen to their body, to be able to be in control in the driver's seat around cake, which means if they're going to eat a second piece, it's because they want a second piece. They like the cake. They're enjoying it. They're feeling satisfied, not because it's coming from a place of like binge eating or stress eating or shame eating or anything like that. It's coming from a place of like, no, I want this and I'm I'm unabashedly asking for it. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because you said that and I'm like, oh, but it's funny because in the room, it just depends on your values and your lens. Anyways, okay, this was really fun. This is a long episode. <laughs> Sorry, I, I told him, like, what, 25, yeah, 30 yeah, minutes? Yeah. Sorry. Okay, if you guys <laughs> like this episode, any last thoughts? Sorry, I almost no, wrapped up. Um, no, it's, it's been fun. It's been real. <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> Again, like I said, no prep. I Seriously, yeah. okay, at the beginning you said 3 out of 10. 
I feel like you're easily at a six out of ten, maybe I even mean, higher. My, I do. I now have a new, renewed sense of confidence. In you still have my... to listen to my podcast, though. <laughs> Guys, okay. uh, vote on my Instagram stories if he should be listening to my podcast every week. <laughs> He's not. Listen, listen. This isn't his jam. I get it. He has to hear me talk all the time. <laughs> I feel like Forget it's osmosis it. a little bit, right? You know? uh, well, clearly, it's, that's enough is working. Well, and sometimes he's sitting right next to me when I record my podcast. Yeah, I, I, I have like actually heard your podcast sometimes live. So. Live, he gets the live <laughs> yeah. version. You guys, um, every time I start a podcast, it's like super awkward, and so I, I do it like six times, and he just is like laughing. <laughs> hey guys, hey guys. Oh hey, oh hey there. Thanks for doing. <laughs> take five. Take five. Take eighteen. Yeah. But once I start going, I like never yeah like edit it right <laughs> sorry okay this was really fun let me know if you've liked this episode i i will maybe even buy a second mic so that we could do more <laughs> <laughs> we're sharing a mic right now the dishwasher was on in the background is real messy so i appreciate you guys sticking in with us i hope you enjoyed this episode i hope it brought you some hope and some tips and some encouragement for everything you're going through and just knowing that it is doable and there is a way that you can be a light in your house of how you want to raise your kids around the table and maybe even start a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming you on. You guys babe. should give this episode five stars. If you really liked wow. this episode, you should give it five stars. Well, you give the whole podcast as a whole <laughs> five stars, not each episode. Smash that like button. Smash it. <laughs> Smash that like button. Um, thanks, babe. You tell yeah. me to subscribe too. Subscribe. Subscribe and smash the like button. And give me a written review. Yeah, one of those two. And follow me on Instagram. Yep, Instagram, one day Twitter. Um, no, I don't have Twitter. What? I said one day. One day you'll probably have a Twitter. No, don't follow me on Twitter. That sounds like <laughs> the worst. I don't want to be there. Guys, Instagram. Follow, yeah, follow there we go. her on Instagram. Thanks, babe. She's my biggest hype man, except for the one that doesn't listen to anything. <laughs> but smash that like button. Smash it anyways. <laughs> have you even given me a written reveal? I have, yes. I, that yeah. feels inauthentic because you don't no, listen I, to it. No, I, I, well. Well, well, I think you listened to it at the beginning. I, I have listened to episodes. Yeah. I listened to them live, okay? So I have. All right, get yeah. out of here. Okay, we're done. We're wrapping this baby up. Um, Yeah, I guess I'll see you next week. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at Alyssa at NutritionForLittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.